Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with New Sun in the Sky. agree with me that the looks, the character, and the charm of a home certainly do not depend upon the amount of money spent on it. A piece of furniture, a hanging, or a floor covering may be in very good taste and be very inexpensive. No, it isn't the money. It's all the little things you do that make your home friendly and cozy. The use of wax is one of these things because certainly where floors and furniture and woodwork are regularly waxed, they give beauty and charm to an entire home. And wax also is inexpensive. A small bottle or can of Johnson's paste, liquid, or cream wax goes a long way. Pays for itself many times over in hours of work saved and in the protection that a shield of genuine Johnson's wax gives to wood, leather, and metal finishes. The squire of 79 Wistful Vista is a man of many parts. So is a vacuum cleaner. The party, of the, f- the party of the first part is just now finding out about the party of the second part having so many parts as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. All the doggone complicated gadgets I do. I don't know why it takes so much machinery to create a vacuum. It's like building a million-dollar laboratory to split an atom. Haven't you got that vacuum cleaner fixed yet, McGee? No, and I've been working on it all day. And all I can see wrong with it is there's a little gadget missing off the thingamajig there that goes under the what's-it behind the hootenanny here. (laughs) Yes, I know. I told you that before you started. You did? Certainly, but you wouldn't listen. You just kept saying, what do women know about mechanics? And you brushed me off. Well, they don't know anything about mechanics. Matter of fact, women don't know much about anything. Why, Fibber McGee, how you can stand... Oh, they're sweet and nice and all that, but when it comes down to actually doing things, it takes a man. Well, who'd we better get? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe more toops ain't doing it. What do you mean, who'll we get? (laughs) Well, I don't agree with you that men are smarter than women. No, you don't. Well, who does all the important work in this world and earns the dough so you women can eat and have good clothes in the home and stuff? Men, that's whom... I see. We take what you earn, so you think that makes you smarter than we are. Ha, ha, ha. Men that make life easy for you. 
woman couldn't even open a can of beans if some man hadn't invented the can opener. Well, you really said something there, dearie. I sure did. You did indeed. Yes, sir. For a thousand years, women have been cooking beans in an oven and then serving them in dishes. You betcha. Then along comes Mr. Man, the smarty pants. Going to save us a lot of trouble. So he invents a tin can to put the beans in. You betcha. And then he finds he has to invent a can opener to get the beans out. <laughs> then he spends so much time trying to sell his new gadget from door to door, he gets home late and his wife has to eat the beans over again in the oven and might just as well have cooked them there in the first place. Yeah, but I still maintain that... I'm sorry, dearie, I'm sorry. The Battle of the Sexes is another program. <laughs> I've got things to do, and you've got to fix that vacuum cleaner. Well, I can't fix it till I get one of them little thingamabobs that attaches to the what's here. Give me the phone. I'll have the hardware store send one over. Phone's out of order. Ah, the phone's out of order, she says. Now, there's a fine sample of women's inefficiency. Why didn't you tell me so I could have reported it and had it fixed? I reported it myself the first thing this morning. Oh. <laughs> well, I... They sending somebody out? Naturally. They said there'd be a repairman out immediately. Oh, a repairman, eh? <laughs> Don't suppose you know any women that could have fixed it? <laughs> a woman wouldn't have invented the telephone in the first place. What do you mean? Who wants a nickel's worth of gossip when the back fence is free? <laughs> that must be the repairman now. Come in, Si. Uh, McGee's residence. Well, we're still arguing that point with the FHA, but we live here. <laughs> well, I'm from the telephone company. You reported your phone out of order. Doggone it, sis. Did you have to come way out here just to check up on that? Why didn't they send a repairman? I'm the repairman. Where's the telephone? Uh, right here. It went dead this morning, and I don't know just Don't what... worry. I'll find it. <laughs> Boy, this is going to be good. <laughs> Better fix up the guest room, Molly. She'll be here a week. That'll be nice. Maybe she'll tell me how the phone company trains those bumblebees. What bumblebees? The ones that give you that busy signal. <laughs> uh, hand me my screwdriver, please. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> this is rich. Alexandria Graham Belladonna. <laughs> I bet she don't know a transmitter from... Quiet, my... please, quiet. Hello? This is number 29, testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Woof, woof. Okay, bring me back, please. Hello? Okay, now all clear. It's all right now, sir. I don't think you'll have any more trouble. What? It's fixed already? What was the matter with it, sis? The diaphragm was full of cigar ashes. <laughs> so that's where those ashes went last night. See, why, why didn't you ask her to fix the vacuum cleaner for you, too, sweetheart? Ah, just because she managed to make a simple adjustment on the telephone by some fluke, that don't mean she could... I'll bet the phone don't even work right now. I'll bet try it, it try I will. it. Give me. Well, here. Hello, operator. Give me the hardware store. The number is Whistle Vista. Oh, 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 is that you, Mert? Now I'm sorry she did get it fixed. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What say, Mert? Your uncle. Ah. Well, he sure got the right spirit, Mert, but if he's over 38 years old, I don't think he can get back in. The army, dearie? No, high school. <laughs> what say, Mert? Well, maybe I'd better go down there myself anyway. Thanks, Mert. Mine's busy at the hardware store, Molly. You want to go down there with me? If you'll walk. What do you mean, if I walk? Four gallons of gas. <laughs> I got to save that for something non-essential. Come on, let's go. I'll be with you in just a minute. I've got to fix my hair a little and put on my face. I'll be down in just a minute. Ah, women, 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 women. Put on my face. Fix my hair. Find my gloves. Get a hanky. Squirt on some perfume. Straighten my seams. Change my earrings. Pull down my girdle. Where'd I put my purse? Does my slip show of all the dumb inefficiency? Come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. 
Mr. McGee? Yes? 30 cents, please. I'm collecting for the evening paper. Okay, here you are, sis. Yeah, well, why don't the paper boy collect? I'm the paper boy now. Thank you. Boy, what a changing world. Hey, Molly. Come on, Molly. Hurry up. What's all the rush, McGee? I want to get out of here before the finance company sends a couple of cuties out to pick up the piano. <laughs> Women mechanics, women paper boys. Oh, paper now, boys. now, stop your complaining, McGee. Uh, I imagine a woman delivering an evening, evening paper will be very conscientious. That's just it. I'm so used to looking all through the shrubbery, how can I find the paper if it's laying right there on the porch? <laughs> Incidentally, dearie, I forgot to tell you. Forgot to tell me what? The next time you write a note for the milkman, you better let me do it. She's a redhead. <laughs> you mean even the milkman is a woman now? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what this country's coming to when McGee, it McGee, huh? look who's coming, Mrs. Uppington. Uh-oh, get a load of the uptown strut. <laughs> Anybody think a peacock brought her instead of a common old stork? Now, don't be unpleasant, dearie. It isn't nice to hate people just because they're rich, you know. I don't hate her just because she's rich. Well, that helps. <laughs> the way she looks down her nose at me. I tried staring back at her once, and I was cross-eyed for three days. Well, don't... Oh, hello there, Abigail, darling. Oh. How do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Oh, hi, Eppie. On your way somewhere, or have you been where you're going? <laughs> this is strictly business, Mr. McGee. <laughs> I am a working girl now, you know. Yeah, you may be working, but you're no good. McGee. <laughs> you working, Abigail? Heavenly days. Who on earth would ever hire... Uh, I mean, uh, 
Uh, what could you possibly do that would be worth... Uh, that is, uh, well, where are you working? Oh. <laughs> oh, that is quite confidential. But, my dear, it is so thrilling to feel oneself a part of the humming business life of the city. To feel that one, in one small way, is doing one's best to help one's fellow man. <laughs> I'll give you a fin for those five ones. I mean... <laughs> I beg your pardon, Miss McGee. Oh, he's just trying to be smart, Abigail. Oh, really? Well, I'm sorry. I always seem to be pleasant when the attempt fails. <laughs> Have you ever achieved it, Mr. McGee? What do you mean, Abby? I mean, Mr. McGee, that I do not wish you to think that your attempts at humor are entirely unappreciated. Oh, honest? <laughs> you don't say that just because you admire me. <laughs> My admiration stops somewhat short of adulation. In short, I consider you a humorist in a class with Mark Twain. Oh, isn't that grand. Mark Twain, eh? Hey, is he dead? Very. <laughs> I see that you have grasped my point. And now, Mrs. McGee, if you will excuse me, I must be going. Oh, now, don't rush off, Abigail. I'd like to hear more about this new work of yours. Yeah, me too, Uppy. Gee, it must give you a lot of satisfaction to hold down a real man's job. Oh, indeed it does, Mr. McGee. You must try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye, Mrs. McGee. I have just time to get to the office to put on my uniform. Uniform? <laughs> yes, oh, it's such fun, really. <laughs> there is nothing like wearing a uniform, you know, to give one a feeling of... Esprit de corps. Yeah, yeah, ain't it the truth, Uppy? I rented one from a costume company once, and I had that feeling for weeks. <laughs> I itched all over. <laughs> Maybe it was just my imagination, but I... Now, please, swore... Mr. McGee. Goodbye, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? I don't know, McGee, but I do wish you two would stop snarling at each other. Oh. I always feel like I'd spent the day climbing in and out of a ring with a towel and a pail of water. <laughs> She's too doggone high hat. She burns me up. She always acts like she just stepped off the Plymouth Rock and I was something that crawled out from under it. <laughs> I wonder what kind of a job she's got. Though. I don't know, but this thing is getting worse and worse. The way women are taking men's jobs is awful. Oh, I... now, it isn't that bad. Come on, now. we got to get across to the hardware store. Okay. No, no. We can't cross the street now. The light's against us. Oh, come on. There's hardly any traffic. Come on, across. Watch your step there. I'll be running you in for jaywalking. Come on back to the curb now, both of you. Heavenly days, a policewoman. <laughs> this is too much. I'm going home and learn how to crochet. <laughs> Now, this is war, McGee. Somebody's got to take the men's places. Come on, we've got the light now. Women, women cops. Women paper boys. Well, hello, women. folks. Doing your Christmas shopping? Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. No, we're just down to buy a part for our vacuum cleaners. Hey, Harlow, are you still working for Johnson's Wax? Certainly. Why? You mean no woman has taken your place yet? What are you talking about, chum? Well, he's frightened, Mr. Wilcox. You ain't kidding. I really am. The women are moving in on us, Harlow. I'm scared. Oh, don't be like that. I'm telling you, the first time I see a bunch of girls standing on a corner watching men get on the streetcar, I'm off for the tall gym. <laughs> oh, he's had a bad day, Mr. Wilcox. Women. You know, we've got a lady milkman and a lady paper boy and the telephone repairman was a woman and we just got balled out by a female cop. Yeah. <laughs> well, personally, Fibber, I think it's a great thing. Traitor. 
Not at all. Why, we wouldn't be in business if it weren't for women being so smart. How's that, Mr. Wilcox? Well, if women hadn't demanded an easier, simpler way to protect and preserve their kitchen linoleum, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat would never have been developed. That's all very well, but suppose so. Why, it's the women who realized that a protective wax polish like Johnson's glow coat was really a very important health measure, too. But I don't quite see Because it seals surfaces against <laughs> dust and dirt and dampness. And makes a kitchen where food is prepared a great deal more sanitary place. What's that got to do? Why, when you stop to... <laughs> when you stop to think that Johnson's self-polishing glow coat dries to a beautiful mirror-like finish in 20 minutes or less, you... What's the matter? Oh, nothing. But Fibber usually interrupts me about that point. <laughs> Not anymore, I don't, Junior. You go right on. Give it everything. Take as long as you like. I want you to keep your job. Why, McGee? You think I want to be left in this town but nobody but women? You're too old for the Army, aren't you, Wilcox? Well, yes, but what's Ah, that? good. We got to see more of each other, pal. Drop around the house oftener. Let's go bowling together and hunting. Gee whiz, we can be a regular Damon and Runyon. <laughs> Very touching, McGee. It's a beautiful friendship, but we've got to get that vacuum cleaner fixed. We'll see you later, Mr. Wilcox. Okay, Molly. And Fibber, you might as well stop worrying about this being a woman's world. You mean you don't think it will be? I mean it always has been. <laughs> so long. You better take his advice, McGee. You haven't got any job a woman could get anyway. Well, I know. Oh, oh, oh. Now what? I'm fresh out of cigars. Excuse me while I duck in this tobacco shop and get a handful. All right. Yes, sir? Oh, my gosh. Another woman. You got any of my brand of cigars, sis? El Ropo de Cabajo in the two for a nickel size? Certainly, sir. Here you are. Though we have a milder brand and a pure Havana with a long filler. Oh. Those you are smoking are a combination of Virginia short fiber combined with a Turkish leaf, which has been crossed with a Louisiana perique. We have found in the selection of tobaccos that under chemical analysis, the nicotine content... Oh, never mind, never mind. I don't eat them. I just smoke them. Here's a dime. So long. Women, 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 It's a plague. I'm haunted. Oh, now what's the matter, McGee? A woman cigar clerk. Where'll they be next? Ain't there any work around here anymore for men? Has the whole world gone soprano? <laughs> oh, now, for goodness sakes, McGee, stop ranting. Have you seen any Hello women... Hello there, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Well, thank goodness, a man's voice. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. We haven't seen you for a long time. No, I've been working on the other side of town, daughter. Doing what, Oldtimer? Filling station. But the boss fired me. Oh, what'd he do that for? Wasn't a he, it was a she. Got mad because I tried to kiss her. <laughs> Says it was a filling station, not a pet shop. <laughs> Says if I wanted to be a wolf, I better get me some new teeth. <laughs> Says I didn't have the technique for a Casanova or the legs for a Romeo. <laughs> Says, if I wanted to make passes so bad, why didn't I go out for football? <laughs> Says, she loved children, but I was in my second childhood, and she only loved them the first time around. <laughs> that got me, kid. I quit. <laughs> I thought you said she fired you. Well, anyway, I got my walking papers. <laughs> yes. So is McGee, only in his case, they call it an A book. <laughs> That ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> the way I heard it, one feller says to the other feller, say, say, hey, where are you kids 
going? We're going down to the hardware store on the next block. Why? Yeah, I just wanted. But the way I hit it, one feller says to t'other feller, say, say, what's wrong with old Mussolini? <laughs> oh, says t'other feller, didn't you know? He ain't got any aces, and the deuce is wild. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Men sing no more coffee in the pot. There's an open letter to the boys in the air on Lambert home. While you're scrapping over there, we're getting in the scrap back home. No more coffee in the pot, no more sugar in the drawer. But gosh, oh gee, what care we if it's gonna help win the war? No more bacon on the pig, no more butter in the store. But we will lean on margarine if it's gonna help win the war. Don't need cuffs on trouser legs and suit suits now are dead. We'll junk the bumpers on our cars if we can bump three axis heads. No more ethyl in the tank, no more tires anymore. But we won't squawk, we'll get out and walk if it's gonna help win the war. Do less driving, do more parking, you'll get a dividend, you'll get a dividend. No more talking on the phone. From Fort Worth to Baltimore, we'll get along fine with the old grapevine if it's gonna help win the war. No more spending all our dough. We've got a lot to save it for, for bonds and stamps to lick the tramps who began this doggone war. We're cleaning, painting, hanging paper, waxing all we can. Plaster, shickle, grouper, the paper hanging man. No more filly on the cow. Skirts are shorter than before. So we'll eat less and see a bit more if we all pitch in and help to win this blank, 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 blank. would like to know what Abigail Uppington is working at, McGee. You know, that puzzles me. Me too. I'll bet she's a supervisor for the police department, enforcing the blackout. What makes you think so? I can't think of any other use for a dim bulb like her. <laughs> Listen now, I like her. Well. Though I would like to know why she's keeping this job of her such a secret. Well, whatever it is, I'll bet she's Here, just McGee, a... here's the hardware store. Oh. Now, do you remember what you need for the vacuum cleaner? Sure I do. Come on. Good day. What could I do for you? Well, I'll... Look, sis, could I see the manager? Certainly. I'm the manager. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we hardly expected to see a woman managing a hardware store. Maybe you didn't, Molly, but I'm getting so I expect to find him managing anything. I'll bet I can look out the back window tomorrow morning and see our garbage man powdering her nose. <laughs> what could I do for you, please? Well, I don't suppose you'd know anything about it, dearie, but our vacuum cleaner is broken, and we need a little... Uh, uh, you tell her, dear. Uh, okay, look, sis, a vacuum cleaner is a pretty complicated mechanism, so I'll try to explain what I want in words of one syllable or less. What kind of a vacuum cleaner is it, please? A rover. I see. Then you undoubtedly need the little flange that fits over the gear housing to keep the brush unit from meshing with the speed governor. <laughs> that would be 237J129 in the new catalog, and I think I have one right here. Is uh, this what you wanted? Well, is it, McGee? McGee, close your mouth and stop popping your eyes and tell me. Why, uh, what? 
Right. Yes, that's, that's the very thing. How did you know, sis? That's usually what's wanted to repair the uh, rover machine. Oh. That's because there is too much vibration in the gear housing for the tensile strength of the material. Oh. It causes what we call metal fatigue, which oh. results in undue wear. Now, in the earlier models, the disc, which is superimposed on the power shaft, directly under the intermediate McGee, gear... McGee, McGee, uh, stop shaking. <laughs> I think my husband is a bit ill, dearie. I better get him out in the fresh air. How much is it? The ceiling price is uh, 47 cents. <laughs> Though in the catalogs from 1934 to 1941 inclusive, it was listed Never mind. Here's uh, a half a dollar, and thank you very much. Come on, McGee. Mm. Brace up. It's all over. <laughs> Snap out of it. Oh, well, was I hearing things, Molly? Well, was that a woman? Did she know all that about vacuum cleaners? It was, and she did, and now maybe you'll believe that women are useful oh. at times. Come on, let's go home now. Boy, what a day this has been. Women everywhere. I'm telling you, it scares me. What scares you, Mr. McGee? Uh, Mr. Wimple, I didn't see you. Hi, Wimp, old man. I was just saying that with all these women taking men's place in business, I, I feel kind of lost. Us guys are going to have a tough time getting back into circulation again. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it, Mr. McGee. Huh? I often tell Sweetie Face that woman's place is in the home. You tell her that? Yes. And then when she gets up to start after me, I tell her that wherever she is is home to me. <laughs> hey. What's the matter with your lips, Wimp? You fall down or something? Oh, no, Mr. McGee. They're just a little bruised. Oh. Cigarettes, you know. Oh, how could you smash your lips all up with a cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> well, Sweetie Face is so afraid of fire in her feminine way that every time she sees a lighted cigarette, she stamps it out with her foot. <laughs> I guess I didn't spit it out quickly enough. <laughs> Poor man. And what have you been doing downtown today? I went to the Bonton department store, Mrs. McGee, to tell Santa Claus what I wanted for Christmas. Did you sit on his lap, Wimp? Oh, Mr. McGee, that's ridiculous. Santa Claus hasn't got any lap. <laughs> well, what'd you ask him for, Mr. Wimple? A pair of stilts. Stilts? Isn't that a little childish, Mr. Wimple? Not in this case, Mrs. McGee. I read someplace that you can tame a wild beast if you look it straight in the eye. And Sweetie Face is so much taller than I am. <laughs> How's everything in the poetry department, Wimp? Oh, I keep right on with it, Mr. McGee. I just finished a Christmas poem. Oh, let's hear it, Mr. Wimple. Come on now. All righty. I call it The Morning After the Night Before Christmas. And it goes... <clears throat> Hey, that's the best one you've written yet. I was just clearing my throat, Mr. Wimple. Unnatural mistake. Go on, Mr. Wimple. All righty. <clears throat> From the Arctic Circle down to the Isthmus, we're waiting eagerly for Christmas with joyous hearts and sparkling eyes for Santa's annual surprise. And I always win in the Yuletide race because I steal some hose from Sweetie Face. An idea I think is very clever, as hers hold more than mine would ever. With a gay little carol and a razzmatazz. Oh, what a sock that woman has. <laughs> Excuse me, folks, here comes my street target. Bye. Oh, 
What a poem. Didn't you like it, McGee? I've read better ones on Burma Shave signs with the last two posts missing. <laughs> Come on, let's go home. I'm wore out. Well, you've had a hard day, dearie. You know, it's been a great emotional strain on you, finding women so efficient in everything. Well, gee whiz. They don't have to take over everything, do they? They can leave a few jobs open for men. After all, what's it got? Oh, McGee, give me some change. I want to drop it in the box for that Santa Claus on the corner. Okay, here you are. I better stand back so my cigar won't set his beard on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Here you are, Santa Claus. Here's a little present for you. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. McGill. You've had the experience, I'm sure, of walking into a wax-protected home where the floors, furniture, and woodwork gleamed with that mellow, rich beauty that only wax can give. I wonder if you realize that there was something awfully important in that home besides beauty. I mean its cleanliness and what that means in healthful living. When you wax your floors, furniture, woodwork, and baseboards with Johnson's Wax, you not only protect those surfaces against wear, but you actually prevent dirt from collecting there. You seal the surfaces against moisture penetration, too. And germs don't like clean, dry places. Yes, a waxed house is a clean house, and a clean house is a sanitary, healthful one. Let Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream, help you, especially in these times, to keep your home immaculate as well as beautiful. Where's that vacuum cleaner, Molly? I want to put this thingamajig into it. Right where you always leave it, huh? in the center of the room. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Now, let me see. I think if I tip it over this... Hey, what the... It's running! I it's know. It's fixed! Sure. I fixed it. You did? How? I plugged it in. <laughs> well, of all the doggone inefficiency. Ain't that just like a woman? Why, if you'd have plugged it in in the first place, we wouldn't have had any trouble. No. And we wouldn't have had any show, either. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. The characters of Wallace Wimple and the old-timer heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>